Hi, this episode of Word Wrap was originally recorded in December of 2021, and some people, places, and things may have changed since then. Regardless, we thought this was a great discussion on community building. Enjoy! Welcome back to Word Wrap with Claire and Steph. You can find the transcript for today's show on wordwrap.dev. Hey everyone, welcome back to Word Wrap. This is our first solo episode with just Claire on the podcast today. And we've got Nick here. Nick Taylor, you might have seen him online. He is a lead software engineer at Forum, which is the software that powers Dev2 and a couple other communities. So Nick, you've got an online community. Do you want to talk about like what Forum does and maybe like what Dev2 is and, and whatnot? Yeah, for sure. And thanks for having me, Claire. Hopefully Stephanie's eyeballs are doing a little better soon. I've never had LASIK myself, but I hear it's awesome. Yeah. So people in the software community are probably familiar with Dev2. I I say probably because I still do encounter some people who are maybe less online, so they're not aware of it. But it's it's a programming community that's been around, I think, I know it went open source in 2018, but the site... I can't remember when it started because the the creator of Dev2, Ben Halpern, who's one of the co-founders, he had started the whole thing online with the Practical Dev Twitter account, and which has a pretty decent following now. I think we're getting close to 300,000, I think. But it started off with, I think this was even, like the site didn't even exist at this point in 2016, I believe. Ben can probably correct me on some of this. But it started off with just being like a kind of fun account, which would have like memes of, people might've seen these before and not really realize where they came from. But there used to be like those O'Reilly animal books. Well, they still have them. But there's a lot of these memes where it's like, you know, expert copy pasting on Stack Overflow, stuff like that. Ben had actually done those and he start, that's how he started the Twitter account. It was just like a fun account to just, he was just having fun, I think, basically. I've definitely seen those before. So it's yeah. good to know the origin story. <laughs> yeah. And if you go to the Dev2 shop, you can actually buy, I think, the copy paste joke there. But yeah, so from there, it, it started off as that. And then he... He had been learning Rails or he was a Rails dev already. I, I, I can't remember his complete history, but he started the Dev2 site and that gained some traction over time. And eventually it became a company. The timeline for that, again, I'm not certain, but it, it was it, it. They started to inquire about people wanting to contribute to the code base. It was pri- closed source at that point. And so I was actually the first person to contribute to the code base that wasn't part of the internal team or mm-hmm. the core team. And that's kind of how I got into that. And like two years later, I actually became an employee there. So I guess contributing to open source can get you jobs, people. So that was my long-winded way of saying that's what Dev2 is, I guess. But so Dev Dev2 is this programming site and it's, you know, people can post their questions or write blog posts. And eventually they realize, you know, well, why don't we make this more than just a programming community? So the idea was to genericize the software. And that's kind of what we've been working on pretty much because I started working there in January 2020. So get close to two years here. Um, so we've been working on that this whole time, as well as adding new features. And that's brought us to what Forum is now. The company used to be called Dev Dev Community, I believe, or Dev2. 
And now the company's name is Forum. And Forum is what the open source software got rebranded at because the, the code base used to be called the practical. And so, yeah, so now we've we've got this open source community software that we're using to build out communities. We have a cloud offering, which we have some, you know, we have paying clients, like for example, like New Relic and stuff, but it's also still open source. So people can just go ahead and create their own communities if they want to. I've done it myself, partially to kind of dog food the software and the whole process of setting it up. But if folks like VS Code, I, I created VSCodeTips.com a while ago. And there's other people just starting to create these things. And, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more communities being built. Code Newbies as well is one of them. So it's it's just been kind of, we're, we're trying to, you know, see this explosion of communities. Like, I, I feel like over the past, you know, not even just because of the pandemic. I mean, it's definitely amplified it. But, you know, co- communities like, it seems to be like the most important thing that a lot of companies are focusing on now. You know, there's a lot of work going into DevRel and community management. So I think a lot of companies have realized, you know, we really do have to focus on our, our clients. I know that sounds obvious, but, you know, maybe it isn't obvious for some people. But so you've just seen this huge explosion of like community. And, you know, I, I think it's great. I love well, there's a lot of things I love. I love working in open source, but I also just love interacting with the community all the time, you know, whether that's through pull requests or issues, but also even like Stephanie, your co-host has been on the, the dev Twitch stream and we have, we have guests from the tech space there, but we also do a live coding there with people in the community, which is a lot of fun too. And there's just so many great things I like about community and you're just meeting all kinds of people. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that that is awesome. You know, we went through a lot there, and I, I, I it's it sounds like you kind of grew into the whole thing organically. It kind of just you know, you you mentioned like open source can get you jobs, and that's that's funny because you know like because there is a real tangible benefit to like uh, kind of showing. I, I don't know, like you you started contributing to the to the repo, and then all of a sudden you know you were like, oh, maybe you would just want to work with like. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. And yeah, I was going to mention your the practical dev Twitch stream as well, which is really cool. One's got a Twitch stream nowadays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But hey, that's really cool. And it's all about the community building. Like, you know, you mentioned the pandemic. And I thought that was really interesting because I had written a lot of my I think I wrote a lot of my I I don't know, time is all over anymore. But I've contributed (laughs) several blog posts to Dev2. And, you know, at first, it was like an outlet for ranting that like, I needed to like finesse and make more profession. But I found that to actually be very, what can I say, very freeing, because I feel like it's one of those ways of like, there's either people that found it useful or people that found it like, you know, they agreed with me. Yeah. And if if anyone on this show follows me on Twitter, I don't know if they do or not, but I'm very varied in the way that I I, I I tweet. Sometimes it might be about tech. Sometimes it might be about my cat. Who knows? But that's the whole, like the human aspect of it. And I think you kind of touched on that as like the community building and a lot of the, a lot of companies nowadays are trying to like put the human back in front instead yeah. of the code speaking for itself. And I think that's really cool. And and Forum seems to have just kind of organically grown into, because it, it seems like, you know, there wouldn't have been a really good place for, you know, I mean, 
I, I, the thing I'm thinking about is like PHP BB back in the day, yeah, of like yeah, a yeah, forum, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and you know, that doesn't really, I mean, it kind of exists still, but like not in a same, not in the same way you'd create like a Facebook group or something, but this is kind of its yeah. own separate, separate thing that has just kind of grown. And I mean, I've purchased a lot of dev merchandise, which <laughs> ironically I am not wearing today. It's just, you know. You know, you'd think I would have prepared, but here we are. Uh, so, no, good, no, good, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, with, with the practical dev Twitch stream, you mentioned that you do some live coding, you do some, you had stuff on, for example, like, do you, like, I'm a front-end uh, developer. I know, yeah. I, do you do, focus on front-end or do you focus on like more full stack slash back-end as well? Yeah, so at Form right now, I am primarily focused on the front end, but like I have done back end and mid end work as I like to call it where, so most of my career has actually been in the .NET ecosystem. So ASP.NET, ASP.NET MVC, C Sharp. And like, even right now, like I'm, I'm actually working on full stack stuff for the feature I'm working on. So I've been doing some rails as well, you know, which I'm not completely well versed in, but you know, it's just, uh, you know, that's why you have code reviews. Yep. But yeah, it's kind of interesting on the stream because typically we haven't done one in a while with like a form issue, but typically it's like people will find an issue and they'll want to work on it and we'll pair on that. A bunch of them have been front end, but there's been others that have been Rails focused. So even though I'm not a Rails dev per se, you know, I can still talk with the person because you know when you pair with somebody it's not always about just coding you know so it could just be like talking about like okay what's the approach here what are we doing you know i mean definitely you know syntax and language comes into play once you actually mm -hmm. do it but you know i i just like the the variety of the live coding like for example we had andrew brown on who has really he has tons of really great teaching materials in the cloud space. And he came on the stream and I, he basically had, I was in the hot seat and I was live coding Terraform, which is like code oh, wow. as infrastructure. Yeah, I've done that uh, before. And, and I, like, I'd literally never done it. So we were doing it on the stream and it was totally fine. And, the, you know, I know it's not for everybody, but I actually, I, I like, doing the live coding. I know a lot of people can find it intimidating, but I, I really enjoy it. And it's also in the context of a stream, it's it's kind of fun when things aren't working because then people in the crowd will be, or not the crowd, but like the, the chat of the stream will be like, oh, try this or what about this? Or like, you know, so it's, I, I enjoy it. And, you know, we also interview people in the tech space. Uh, like you were mentioning, Steph, your co-host was on. Uh, who, by the way, is great at live coding because she we talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, front end stuff because that's definitely what she focuses on. Uh, but we were, she was live coding container queries, which still aren't in the browser. So, you know, I think it was I think it's only in Canary Chrome. Mm -hmm. But anyways, it was just a lot of fun. And it's just really, you know, getting back to what I was saying, like, I just really enjoy interacting with the community. Yeah. So like having people like Stefan or Andrew or people like that are working on a code base, it's just really nice meeting all these different people. And so far, nobody's said no whenever I've asked them, you know, so, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. But See, uh, That's the cool. Yeah, that's the thing that like, so, you know, 
I'm a very, I don't want to call myself a shy person because every time someone hears me call myself that, they don't believe me. They're like, <laughs> how, how are you shy? You're one of the most extroverted people I know. And I'm like, am I? Am I really? Because I feel like I'm super introverted. So I call myself an ambivert. Okay, However, yeah. I feel like, you know, com- connecting with the community and, you know, going on these these podcasts like this this season we're calling it a season now yeah we just kind of asked a bunch of people in the community if they wanted to come on to our podcast which is this little you know rinky dink podcast and no one said no and it's like what (laughs) yeah and it's 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 really cool to you know i i'm super shy and like i'm doing this now and so the thing is is that i think everyone kind of has their own path into the like community building or community making space yeah you know it sounds like yours went pretty organically i think at one point in time i was considering applying for the contractor position with forum Um, okay but then i realized that there had already been like 600 applicants and i'm like okay well never mind then (laughs) yeah it was yeah it was pretty intense when we hired front end last year mm-hmm. yeah yeah i went through like what well, we split it up but yeah i think it was it's over 600 i think it was like almost like 650 people like, and bonkers. and for people listening well two things one your podcast is not rinky dinky i really <laughs> i really I, I really enjoy listening to your podcast but the other thing too is like i don't know how other companies operate but we literally went through all those applications there wasn't like some automated thing you know scanning things to to weed out people it wasn't it was literally us going through them so that's great but, yeah too like you know, you know? just kind of seeing like I feel like, you know, there's this been this talk of like, not to really pivot, but like talk about like, yeah, you yeah. know, automated keywords and you have to like make your resume into a, like this thing that just is a hotbed for keywords or whatever. And that just sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's cool that you, you know, meticulously went through every one, you know, talking about live coding, you'd mentioned a little bit earlier, Steph and I we're doing a, we did a live coding session a couple weeks ago on Twitch, on her Twitch stream, okay. trying to add seasons to our word wrap website. And we hadn't really touched it in about six months or so. And both her and I had this realization of what in the world are we doing? How did we forget <laughs> how, to, how to make this website? And that was my first real live coding session on Twitch. And like you said, everyone was kind of like, you know, you can do this or you can do that. I think you were in the, the chat for a little bit too. Like we were we were talking about like we were trying to figure out the, the data schemas that we created like six months ago. And of course that just yeah, yeah. went into the ether. But yeah, and I wasn't even the one coding. It was Steph coding and I was just kind of <laughs> coaching her on the Zoom call or on the on the on the stream. So but yeah, I've had some random smatterings of of ideas of like Oh, maybe I should. I think one of my ideas was because there's a ton of JavaScript frameworks, set an hour timer or set like 45 minute timer or whatever and try to create as much as I can with X framework. Okay, yeah. I've never done, I haven't done that, but <laughs> it kind of sounds fun. I don't know. That kind of leads to my next point, which kind of seems like you don't have to necessarily have a purpose to start an online community. You don't have to have like this gimmick or you don't have to have this specific purpose like i personally and i've said this on other episodes of like oh well i need to have a cool idea in order to you know start working on it or something like that and i don't think that's the message that both you and and other guests that we've had on it's just like just start doing it you just have to start doing it 
No, I 100% agree. And, you know, there, there's an acronym, JFDI, which I won't repeat. I mean, I, it doesn't phase me, but just I, I don't want your podcast to get censored. But, it, 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 you know, not to sound cheesy like a Nike commercial or whatever, like you're saying, but it, you do have to, you just have to do stuff, you know, and like, I don't know, I've found in my own career, getting out of my comfort zone has brought me so much success, you know, mm. it's, it's a little, you know, it can be a little stressful initially, maybe, but I, I just, that's just how I operate now. And it, I've, I've just found it to work out really great. Like, I was learning, I wanted to learn Rust. So the way I did that was I, I tweeted it out, I said, Hey, I'm gonna learn Rust, and I'm gonna start streaming it. And obviously, I could, you know, just not do it. But I did it on Twitter, just to give myself some public accountability and you know and then I just started doing it same thing with the streaming honestly like and this this ties into community too like in turn which I'll, I'll get to in a sec but like I started streaming because it was a pandemic and I think like a lot of people mm-hmm. it's like oh uh, you know I guess I'll you know I'll try something different and and I, I actually got a lot of inspiration from Jason Langstorff from mm-hmm. Netlify I, I really love he's got a great stream and I it's it's not I, you know, I tried to model it to some degree on stuff he does, you know, uh, he's amazing at it. He's been doing it for a long time. It's, you know, it's like people that do really good YouTube videos, you know, they, they know things down pat, you know, so, yeah. but that's why I started doing it. And like the live coding, I started pairing with people in the community on my own stream. And then Hacktoberfest came around in 2020 and I suggested, well, you know, I'm already pairing with people. Why don't we just do it on the dev Twitch stream? Because it was a handle that had been there. I think they used it maybe twice sure. for like some kind of online event. And then I just kind of went from there. And Christina Gordon, who's my co-host on there, we've been doing that since literally October 1st, 2020. Started yeah. at Hacktoberfest. Then. But I kind of want to tie this in a community because like people, you know, community is more than just like obviously it's people but it's also like how do you help the community you know some people that's blogging could be a podcast it could be streaming it's like you know everybody you know there's no wrong answer really it's you know do what works best for you and 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 again the other thing too is you don't have to do these things like i don't know all the things i do i enjoy and that definitely makes it a lot easier to do them like if if it if i had to you know, convince myself like, oh, I got to stream again. That's going to be terrible. You know, let's just do it because, you know, it it's not genuine and, and it, it would probably come across as like, yes, I am literally not having a good time. I'm here just going through the motions. And, and this kind of ties into what you were saying before about the community, you know, like, oh, I need a great idea or it's a gimmick. It's, I think what's super important about a community, regardless of what it is, you know, whether it's like, you know, a photography community or a programmer community or whatever, you have to be genuine about it because people see through things that are disingenuous. Yeah. And the other thing too about when you, when you do start a community, you have to you have to be well, and not just when you start it, but constantly, you have to be engaged with the community. You you can't just say like, okay, I put it out, you know, that's it, that's a wrap. You, you have to put in the work, you know, like anything, you know, you're not going to see results or like see a community grow unless you put in the work or, you know, and, you know, it definitely gets harder if the community starts getting bigger and it's just yourself. Like, like I said, I started my own community and I got my first like spam 
user, which I guess that's like a, a rite of passage. Congrats, that means yeah. like, you know, like I guess it's gaining some traction, but you have to empower the people in your community as well. So like, for example, Dev2 is a massive community now. We're probably going to hit like a million members, like, I don't know if maybe not this year, but like sometime at the start of next year, I'm sure we're, we're getting close to like 800,000 like members. And that's a lot of people to manage, you know, and there's all kinds of things that tie into this. You know, we have a code of conduct. Not everybody plays nice on the internet, as we all know. And and there's like, there's just a lot of stuff you have to do. I mean, the code of conduct is a big one for sure. Like if, if people violate that, you know, that's like a big deal. Don't be an asshole basically. And yeah. don't, you know, like any kind of racist stuff, like, you know, like all the obvious stuff, but the, then there's like, other things that are kind of nuanced and this is where it gets complicated and this is where moderators of the community come into place and and this is where you this is kind of where i, I don't want to say scale because that sounded like i don't mean it like the people are like it's, it's, it's not software but like you literally can't manage like an eight hundred thousand member community with one person like you can't yeah. do it so what they did early on, you know, gen this isn't novel to like forum, but, you know, we started asking trusted members of the community, like, hey, would you consider like moderating this tag or do you want to become a moderator? And most people, I think, just say, yeah, sure, no problem. And there's no pressure to like, it's not like you have to, you know, log in and then all of a sudden triage all these, you know, posts and stuff. It's It's like, you know, when you have time and if you want to do it, go ahead, you know, and, and I was a moderator and I'm, I'm still a moderator on dev, but like, I'm a little less active now because I work there. I'm just got a lot of stuff to do, but, sure. but, you know, it empowers the people in the community and you really see people like talking through these things. Like, well, I don't know about this post, you know, like the wording sounds a little weird or like, let's check this one out. It looks like this person might've plagiarized and there's like all these conversations going on. You know, it's not just like ban a user or whatever. It's, there's a lot of thought that goes into the stuff that the moderators do. And we also have our community success team at, at forum. So they help with the moderators. They're, they're like my coworkers, but they help with the, the community and the code newbie and like, pretty much all the forums right now, I believe, but it's, it's a big job. And so like, you know, empowering community members to, to help moderate is, you know, I, I've seen people just enjoy it, even though like, I know they're not getting paid, but I've been in other communities, you know, like I'm still on Stack Overflow, but I haven't, I don't really post anything there anymore, but <laughs> I was a moderator on there. And like in the earlier days, it was a lot, you know, kinder yeah. I, I won't go into it because i know they're working on it so like hats off to stack overflow for for working on that but you know it it was something even over there i i felt empowered and it felt good you know just the like hey you're a moderator and it, it might sound silly but i just being you know appreciated that goes a, a long way for me yeah i don't know how many moderators we have but we definitely <laughs> we definitely have a ton i'm a uh, moderator actually yeah and the <laughs> And there's tons of people like, and it's, you know, and even, even people you might know, like Cassidy Williams, for example, she moderates the next JS tag and a few others, I think, but it's, it's more like the power of like, just having a bunch of people, you know? So yeah. like, even if you or myself, you know, we moderate a couple posts. No, the power of numbers for sure. Yeah. yeah. The other thing about moderation that I can, well, 
not necessarily difficult, but people, because we're in North America, so like we tend to be North American centric, but there's a whole planet of people, right? And, you know, something that somebody might say in another country isn't considered rude or offensive, but we might misinterpret it as that because Mm -hmm. of being North American centric. So there's a whole nuance with like, you know, dealing with people who either English isn't their first language, they're from a different country. And so like cultural norms are different. So that's where it gets not necessarily complicated, but you just have to, you know, you kind of have to work through those things, you know, like, and I've given this example a couple of times, but my, my cousin's wife is from Denmark and she's very straightforward. And I, I believe most Danes are like that, but I'm not positive. But but anyways, I, I just remember vividly, she, they came over for Christmas at my parents one year and I opened the door and she's like, oh, Merry Christmas. You put on a lot of weight. And, and, and you know, like I, I wasn't offended. I just laughed. But I think if you were, if somebody North American were to come in the door, they'd probably say, hey, you look great. You know, you know what I mean? Yep. And so... And I give that funny example because if you take that in the context of somebody like writing a comment on a blog post, you know, they might not have meant it like this sucks. They might have just just because the way they work, you know, like that's yeah. that's just how it came out. So it's more there's stuff like that you have to deal with. And it's it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's it's not just North America. There's the whole planet, like yeah. I said. So there's there's lots of there's just lots of things to consider. Well, and I think you bring up a good point, like the, you know, with your, with the the Danish example, there's tone involved in that. You have the tone, body language, you have all that stuff. And on, you know, an online community, especially one that's text, text heavy, you have text, you don't have the tone, you don't know that person, you don't know any of that. So you have to take a lot more, you have to give a little bit more leeway and take into the context and stuff like that as well so yeah. i mean it's not just a cut and dry kind of like that was rude yeah. or you know that was not cool or whatever kind of kind of thing so i mean if there's a pattern of you know like they say this sucks on every post and it's like okay maybe maybe not you know maybe that's not maybe i shouldn't give you the yeah. benefit of the doubt kind of thing so totally 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 get what you're saying yeah for sure and then you know like the the other i i think the other issue with any community that gets popular is like spam and like you know just bad actors and you know we have moderation tooling for that we're always working on that but that that's definitely where i see like software you know being an enabler for that you know you still you still need humans i i believe because (laughs) again you know like uh, you know computers are computers you know and it's just like yeah we did this and you know and you might be like ooh, maybe you shouldn't have. but like it, it can definitely be like a way to enhance your moderation and and it's it's tooling that we're always working on and uh you know i think i think moderation is the most difficult thing about running a community yeah and especially once it gets really large you know yeah. so I think you, yeah, I think you see that with a lot, a lot larger communities like, you know, Facebook and stuff are trying to fix that with AI. And I just, I don't think that's the right idea, but also how do you, how do you moderate like 2 billion yeah. users? Like that's just, it's a, it's a very large ask. Yeah. 
so yeah, I think you, I think you bring up a good point. Kind of talking about moderation. Do you do you have do you find any moderation issues or moderation needs while you're like streaming? Have you had any like issues there? Oh yeah, yeah. I twit. Well, there was something that went down on on Twitch. I think it was a couple months ago. Oh, okay. So there's this for for people that don't stream. There's this feature in Twitch called rating. So essentially, like, say I'm streaming and then I want to go to Claire's stream after I've finished my stream, but I want to bring everybody that was in my stream to Claire's stream. You you raid kind of like a I guess like pirates raiding a ship or something. <laughs> but basically, you can you can say like, hey, whole audience, we're gonna go over to Claire's stream now, and that's a, f- a feature you can do. We currently have it disabled on the Dev Twitch stream because. Mm-hmm. What happened was, and I don't know if it's been sorted or, or I feel like something must have gotten sorted, but there was all these hate raids. So like basically, you know, somebody, a minority or who be streaming, somebody in a minority that mm-hmm. might be streaming would just get these hate raids, you know, and oh, it's wow. like really not cool, obviously. And, you know, it's a little scary too for those people, yeah. you know, like, you know, imagine have, being accosted by like a mob of people like hating on you it's Mm -hmm. i don't know it's definitely doesn't sound great so there's that but i again i don't know if that's been sorted out i know they've been talking about improving it there are built-in moderate well there's moderation tools that you can have these bots that help you like i use i think we're using Streamlabs and stream elements we're using a couple but they they do things like if somebody puts like too many emojis or like all caps or writes really too much text they'll <laughs> they'll stop the message but it also filters out like hateful words and stuff and you and you can tweak these things because and i say tweak because for example like our stream is i would say fairly pg you know mm-hmm. it's like you know there's no reason for us to start cursing like like crazy on the stream yeah so we have the filters set pretty high but like Maybe there's a, another stream that's a little more mature audiences, you know, and, and so like they're dropping F-bombs all the time and it's not a negative thing. It's just that's the context of that sure. stream. So, so they can tweak it according to that. So the, the tooling, I think, is pretty decent. Discord as well, which is another community platform that they have really good moderation software from what I can see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I, I don't think anybody's cracked that nut still because and I don't know if they ever will, you know, there's always going to be problems, you know, and yeah. you, you just need to intervene. I don't think there's any way to get around that. It's just how can you do that as quickly as possible, I guess, yeah. is, you know? Yeah, effectively too, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I think those are really good points. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before before we end the show? I guess maybe we could talk about open source briefly, maybe if you want to. It's Definitely. It, so like, you know, open source is its own community and, and we're, we work in open source. So, you know, we're building community software, but the actual software, like GitHub is a, a social community. You need to work with the people that want to help contribute to your code base. And, you know, over time we've gotten a lot better at it because like, I think in the early days it would just be like, somebody would say like, Hey, can I add this feature? And people would be like, Hey, that's neat. Sure. And then now as we've kind of we're being a little more laser focused on what the product should be in there. You're also, you know, you're not just taking anybody's code contributions and that's not to deter people from doing it, but like 
now the way we have it set up is we have issues and if they're available to work on, then we'll, we'll make them available. People can definitely suggest features. You know, we, we have a roadmap we're working on, but there's stuff like GitHub discussions where people can, you know, suggest something and then you can start a discussion there. Um, but it's, even that is a, a whole community in its own. And Christina Gordon, who's my co-host on the dev stream, she's, she's our developer advocate at Forum and she works a lot with the community as well. You should definitely have her on at some point. She's also amazing at CSS animations. But yeah, no, it's, that's a whole other thing, you know, and it, it's interesting in the context of work because we're working on features, but we also, you kind of have context switching built into your role because I could be working on some feature that's on our roadmap, but I'm one of two front end devs at the team on the team. So we get a lot of front ends or feature bug fixes or just stuff being put up in PR. So a lot of time goes into reviewing this code and stuff. So like you're, it, it's just kind of interesting that you, you're doing a bit of both that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't know if it makes sense to put that in the podcast, but anyways. <laughs> no, I think I think that's really interesting because like, especially uh, like in the context of forum, you know, it is kind of a, you know, you're kind of juggling multiple hats, if you will. That's not a phrase, but I just created it. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I think that is a really, you know, kind of in a broad, more broadly speaking way. I think that working on a product that is both a commercial product and an open source product is a very interesting like kind of balance because you have yeah. two different communities to answer to and those two different communities might have two way different purposes or you know they might have different requirements or whatever and so like finding ways to make it so that you know your contributions essentially help both or yeah. you know and stuff like that like that i think takes a different skill set or at least a, a more refined skill set so yeah, I think that in and of itself could be its own its own podcast episode. So, <laughs> yeah, and the other things are like you have you have a code of conduct on even on your your repository. So mm-hmm. like you know because people can comment on stuff, you know. So it's the same thing there. You know, like we don't want people being rude and stuff. We're always there to accept constructive criticism or, or you know people reviewing things, even if they're external contributors. Um, but kind of in terms of like steering your community where you want to go, like in the context of like open source, that's why you have all these templates. So like when somebody opens up an issue, you'll have an issue template. You'll ask them to, you know, like fill out as much information as they can, because this just helps in that, in the context of that community, it just mm-hmm. helps us figure out, okay, oh, okay, this is really what the issue is. And then like, same thing when you're doing a pull request, we have, I, I'm biased, but I think we have a really great pull request template but you know it just it just details like please fill this 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 and you know i think people sometimes they'll be like oh that's annoying why do i have to fill this out but it it avoids having to do a lot of back and forth then and especially i mean even before the pandemic in open source it's back and forth but like now that everybody's more remote as well you know like asynchronous communication is key. So like the more information you can put into something, the better the answer you'll get back instead of like, you know, just kind of like saying it doesn't work. And then you get a, well, what's the problem? You know, like (laughs) then it's like two years later, you finally figure out, okay, that's what it is. Okay. But anyways, 
No, definitely. Yeah. I think issue templates in general are just a good good idea, like for contributing, just in general. Like it gives a rubric, it kind of forms the conversation. So, and I think, yeah. I don't know how you would do open source without it. Well, thank you, Nick, for coming on to the show. It was really good talking about forum and community building and Twitch and moderation. I think moderation is a huge thing in community building, just, you know, keeping it, making it a, a, a welcoming space as well. And we'll include some links in the show notes, specifically the Practical Devs Twitch stream, as well as Dev.2, if you have never heard of it before, and Forum. And then also there is a specific Twitch episode talking to the Forum's community success team, which I need to watch myself because I have not watched it yet. Again, thanks for coming on and we'll see you around. Yeah, thanks for having me and hope your eyeballs get better soon, Steph. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch on Twitter by following us at WordRap Show. If you're able to cover show costs, join us at patreon.com slash WordRap. We'll see you next episode.